0: John chapter 1, we're going to be picking up in verse 43 and coming to the close of the end of this chapter. John chapter one and verse 43. And the, in the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, "Follow me." Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming uh, to him, and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite, Indeed, in whom there is in, whom in there an Israelite, indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you hereafter, ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'll bless this time in which we've opened up the word of life, Lord. I pray that you'll be with us here this morning, that all the things that are going through our mind, troubles that await us outside of this building will be set aside so that we can wholly feast upon your word. Lord, I pray that you'll be with those who are downstairs and next door teaching, Lord, the Lord willing, the future generations of the Witten Place Baptist Church. We give thanks to you all for all that you've done and magnify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been working through the gospel of John and really up to the last three sermons, we have had three consecutive days that have unfolded before us. On day one, we seen that just three days prior, well, four days earlier to the day in which we're reading about here was the day when the priests and Levites came to John the Baptist. And then on the second day... That was the day in which John would say behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world and then again on the third day it would also be a day in which John would cry behold the lamb of God and it was on this day when the apostle John would or when the uh, John the Baptist would cry behold the lamb of God that there would be two disciples standing in the crowd those two disciples would be that of John the, ba- or the Apostle John and that of the Apostle Andrew. And we've seen even last week that after this moment when John the Baptist would cry, Behold the Lamb of God, that Andrew would then seek and find his brother Simon. And after he would find Simon, he would bring them unto Jesus. Now, understand also as a, A note, I want to make this clear that though this gospel doesn't further clarify this for us, that on the day in which Andrew went and fetched Peter and brought him unto the Lord, it wasn't from that day forward in which they followed the Lord. That was the day in which they gathered together with the Lord. But if you were to take time and read in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 5, you would find that following after this first encounter with Andrew and John, the Apostle John, after this encounter, then Jesus would come upon the Sea of Galilee, and then on that day He would call Peter to come and follow Him. So in return to this is that we find ourselves here on the fourth day, and on the fourth day we find Jesus calling really, the first apostles, in that of Philip in Nathaniel. Even more in our text, it says, And the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. The first thing that we're encountered with in this portion of John chapter 1 is that It brings us to the reality and the understanding that we serve a seeking Savior. It is of truth that Jesus came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. And we see of this portrait being painted here that Jesus went forth into Galilee to to find Philip. And when he finds Philip, he calls for Philip To follow him. Hear me. He came to Galilee. Seeking Philip. John chapter 6. and verse 44. Brings us to the understanding. Of the great gospel truth. That Jesus Christ sought us first. In John 6.44. It says. No man cometh to me. Except the father. Which hath sent me. Draw him. And I will raise him up. At the last day, he would again make this clear in John chapter 15 and verse 16, when he said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that ye should go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. The Lord said to Philip, Follow me. Maybe one of the greatest emphasis in the first part of this chapter really uh, brings us to the understanding that Jesus Christ has never been lost. At the beginning of the world, he was there when all of this was being created. It was all being created by him and for him. He was the one who created the entire world. And when he entered into the world, it was to find that which was lost, which was not him. And on this day, he sought Philip and said, follow me. Pay attention to the the words of our Lord closely here. The Lord did not say to Philip, Philip, when, when the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. He didn't uh, arrive to Philip and say, Philip, I need you to now behave perfectly and follow me. He didn't go to Philip and say, Philip, from this day forward, you cannot make any mistakes and follow me. He didn't say hey, from this moment on, if you make any mistakes, you're you're on your own. Understand that this call in the life of Philip, what I'm trying to bring home to you is that it was not a call to perfection. It is impossible to be, impossible to be perfect in this life. Yet the Lord's call, the, the Lord's confession was to Philip. He said, follow me. And when the Lord called for Philip to follow him, it would go on to say that Philip would follow Jesus. I pray that we understand this. And that this would be the overall confession of each and every one of our lives that we would grab a hold of this great truth, that we would grab a hold of this with great understanding that Jesus called for Philip to follow him. Not to, not to try to understand, and this is the reality of it all. We're never going to be perfect. We may strive to be perfect because we're striving to be like Christ. But we're never going to be perfect. But what Jesus is calling for Philip to do is that from every step from this moment forward, with all of his desire, with all of his heart, with every step he makes forward, that the general direction of Philip's life from this moment forward will be a pursuit of Jesus Christ. I pray that we can make that confession in our lives, that ever since the day that the Lord saved us, that ever since the day the Lord called us out of darkness in the marvelous light, we haven't been perfect. No, we haven't, we haven't uh, uh, achieved that. But I pray that our confession is that ever since that day he called us, that our life paints a portrait that though it may be zigzag at times, it has always been constantly moving forward in a life of pursuing Jesus Christ. Now, notice even more. Jesus says, follow me. What a call he gives What a command he gives. Don't get so lost in your soteriology that you cannot find a simple application in this. He says, follow me. This is both a call and it is also a command. There is a, a general call all throughout scriptures. There is a general command all throughout scriptures, and when the Lord tells the the lost to repent and believe the gospel and and to follow after Him, and I urge you even today, if you're in this building and you're in today in the building and you're lost, not only to hear the words of the Lord, but heed the words of the Lord. Repent of your sins and follow Him. But even more, He said, Philip heard these words of the Lord, and he followed him. Now we constantly, as I try to every week, try to take us back to the purpose of this gospel, to understand the narrative of this gospel. The purpose of this gospel is John chapter 20 and verse 31. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Why would we need to continually rehearse this verse in our hearts and minds? It's to to help us to understand what John the Apostle has done in this text. Constantly he brings us to the record, to the record, to the record, to say, here are the facts, here is the truth, but why would we rehearse it here in this portion here? Because of what verse 44 says. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. What is, why would in the midst of this this portion of the text where Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel, why would he insert this verse that now Philip was of Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter the reason is is because the apostle John is continuing to lay out to the reader to the hearer the factual evidence about what has happened in the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ I mean the apostle John is doing something that we still even do today in our lives if if something incredible happens or if something like shocks us and we see it and we begin to tell someone the story and as we're telling someone the story and they're shocked and they're amazed what's the next thing we do we say go ask so and so they was there also So what the Apostle John is doing for us as he is unveiling to us the the early life and ministry of Jesus Christ, he's saying, by the way, if you want to fact check what I'm saying... The man I'm speaking of, this man named Philip, he was of Bethsaida, exactly the same place where Andrew and Peter was from. If you would like to double check what I'm telling you, go to Bethsaida and search out for this man named Philip and let him tell you about the day in which Jesus Christ came through and called him into ministry. He is laying it out here. So, uh, for everyone to come and see, to search, to investigate. Matter of fact, before this portion of the text is done, he will call for Nathaniel to come and see, to come and investigate, to come and to interrogate the truths in which he's laid before him. Even more, we see here, he says that you could go to Bethsaida and find Philip and see that he said, follow. Me, even more, understand that the saving moment, this moment of being called into ministry by Jesus Christ, did the same thing inside of him that it did inside of Andrew, it ignited a fire in him. Verse 45 Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Several things about this verse. Philip finds Nathanael. Secondly, it is in the word, we. We have found him. Which is to say that at this time, Philip is now associating himself as a follower of Jesus Christ. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did right. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Thirdly, understand that He knew that Nathanael was a godly man. So when he begins to tell Nathanael about this man named Jesus, he first does this by saying, We have found him whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Understand that in the explanation that they have found Jesus Christ, he takes them to the word of God to further explain and validate how we know that this is Jesus Christ. Now, we understand that in the New Testament, whenever you see this constant reference, like you see in verse 46, uh, when we say, of whom Moses in the law in of the prophets did right, Jesus of Nazareth. Understand that this is basically, we define it differently than them, but the New Testament people, John the, uh, uh, the Apostle John is referencing what is to be said in the entirety of the Old Testament. What he's saying is wherein the, we have found the one in whom the Old Testament has prophesied. Uh, we found the one of whom the prophets did right. Jesus of Nazareth, to which Nathanael would respond here in verse 46. And Nathanael said unto him, can there be anything good out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, come and see. I mean, Nathanael is expressing, can anything good come out of such an insignificant town? Can anything really come out of such a good place in which society frowns upon? You could probably think about a few neighborhoods that are close to us, and we say, can anything really good come out of this place? It just seems every time I turn around, something bad is happening. Also, to add to this, there was no maliciousness in that statement. Understand that. When Nathanael said unto him, can there be anything good that comes out of Nazareth? This is, not a, this is not a malicious statement. It's not even really a hateful question. And how do we know this? How do we know that Nathaniel's heart wasn't a statement in which it was derogatory towards a group of people in the sense of hate? Well, we understand it because just in a few verses, the Lord will say uh, about Nathaniel truly, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. So when the Lord makes this statement to when, when the Lord makes this statement about Nathaniel, it is to say that in him there is no deceitfulness, in him there is no wickedness, there is no cunning, there's nothing fraudulent about Nathaniel. There's nothing about him that is baiting in his speech. Nathaniel was a genuine man. This was a genuine man. Question Is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? So, what is our application for this statement that Nathaniel said? Well, it's a scriptural statement because Nathaniel's a biblical man. What Nathaniel is saying is that you've just told me that you have found the Messiah, you have found the King, and you've told me that He came out of Nazareth. And he's, his asking is, Is there anything good? That could come out of Nazareth. Well, the determiner of this is what do you consider good? See, for Nathaniel, that which he considered good was the things that pertain to the Lord. For Nathaniel, that which was good was the Messiah, the coming Messiah. So really, in entirety, Nathaniel's question could really be summarized like this. Is there anything in the Old Testament that tells us that the Messiah is going to come out of Nazareth? He understood that in the Old Testament, there was a prophecy that would be given forth that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. But the scripture tell us anything about the Messiah coming out of Nazareth. So he goes on to say, come and see. There was a biblical question that was raised up in which Nathaniel would question Philip about uh, this entirety, like, is there anything good? Is there anything biblical that comes out of Nazareth? But it was a simple statement. But every time that John gives a statement, line upon line, he is submitting information to the record to further validate that this is the Christ. So what is? where do we gather this from? Because he says, and Nathaniel said unto him, Or no, go back to verse 45. And Philip findeth Nathanael and said, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, why does Philip explain this situation in that manner? Why does Philip go to Nathanael and say, we have found the Messiah. We have, we, have, we have found him who Moses in the law and prophets did right, Jesus of Nazareth. But why does he say this, the son of Joseph? What is the emphasis that he would say such a, I mean, is Jesus Christ the son of Joseph? No. Is he the son of God? Yes, but the declaration is that he is the son of Joseph by man's standards. But why is this so important? It is so important because He has to be in the son of Joseph in order to fulfill the prophecy. This is why Matthew chapter 1 is so important. This is why Matthew takes so much time in writing out the genealogy of Joseph so that he can bring to the understanding that Jesus Christ has the rightful opportunity to sit upon the throne of David. When he says this here in verse number 45, the son of Joseph. Now, when you go further down, which we'll get to it, Nathanael will answer. Nathanael will really burst with joy and say, truly thou art the king. He understood that by Philip making the statement that he is the son of Joseph, it was a statement in which he could say that, that this is the coming Messiah. He is the coming king. Even more, in the midst of Nathaniel's question, Philip would respond, You just have to come and see. You have to come and see our Savior. You're challenging me about what I'm telling you, but my invitation is for you to come and see. Listen, as we're out on our jobs or in the community and as we're sharing the gospel, if you've saved the gospel once, it's probably enough for you to say that you've encountered a critic. It's easy to find someone who's critical of the Word of God, or critical of our faith. But the greatest invitation that you could give to someone is come and see. Come and see what Jesus has done. Come and read His Word. Come and investigate this. Listen, the Word of God is not just a faith book. Understand that. I can't remember the guy's name. It may have been Lee Strobel. Not too long ago, they came out with a movie called The Case for Christ. The case for Christ Christ is about a man who set out to prove that Jesus Christ was not real, but in his studies, he first was faced with the reality that he was historically true. And he found out that historically, Jesus Christ made statements about himself. Then he came to the reality of who Jesus was through the eyes of faith. And I think that at times we... Spend so much time trying to argue with people on a spiritual level about who Jesus is. But the, also the reality is, is that we can invite people on a historical level to question and see if history does prove out that there was this man named Jesus Christ. That ask history to prove out what did this man named Jesus say about himself? Did he really in come into humanity? He really did split time apart, B.C. and A.D. It is really accounted for that he did many miracles. It is really accounted for that he said he was the Messiah, that he died and that three days later he was placed, he's placed in a bald tomb, but three days later, some say that the body was stolen. but the only thing we know for sure is that the tomb was empty. Historically, we have a standing ground to come and see about this man named Jesus. Now, that's what Philip said. Philip said to Nathaniel, you better just come and see what I'm telling you. Now, at this point in which Nathanael would come and see. There wasn't the moment of faith that happened in Nathaniel's heart that this truly was the Messiah. That moment of faith only came after he came and saw. Verse 47. And Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. What a statement to be made here. Notice what the Lord does really in this statement here. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and saith of him, Behold an Israelite, indeed, in whom is no guile. Now we understand in order to be an Israelite, You was of the lineage of Jacob. We understand that that context there. Now, when we come to Jacob, what do we know about Jacob, right? He was a deceiver. He was a cunning man. He was a scoundrel. And really, he was a man that was full of guile. But Jacob would have this moment in which he wrestled with the Lord, in which he would be renamed, but to take this statement for what it is, Jesus would say that he saw Nathaniel coming to him, and he saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no Jacob. He's saying to Nathaniel, Finally, we got somebody of the lineage of Jacob who ain't like their daddy. Behold, an Israelite, in whom there is no guile. Nathanael was evidently an Old Testament believer like Simeon and like Anna, but also notice this, this is Nathanael's first time meeting Jesus, and yet Jesus is making a statement about Nathanael's character. We're scared to make statements about people's character, even if we've known them for 10 years. But we would never make a statement about someone's character whom we've never met before. But yet Jesus makes this statement about Nathaniel, which brings Nathaniel to this shocking place. Which also understand that Nathaniel didn't deny that he tried to live a life with no guile. Here Jesus makes a statement about Nathanael's character and Nathanael turns around and says to the Lord in verse number 48, Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael, when the Lord said to him, Behold, uh, a man with no guile, the Lord, Nathaniel, will respond to the Lord, How do you know me? How do you even know who, who I am? And yet the Lord's response was, Before that moment in which Philip came and saw you under the fig tree, I saw you there. Long before Philip sought you out. Now, I sought you out. I seen you. Now, there's much debate about what this exactly means in which the Lord says that I saw you under the fig tree. There's an understanding that there is a spiritual enlightenment here. There was a there was a question. Now, if I was to say to you that uh, I seen you this morning, but then I said, "Well, you know what? I say I sent. Well, say I was Sister Hope, right? Well, I sent Brother, Jay, uh, Brother Jason to go get Sister Hope, and I told Brother Jason where to go get Sister Hope, and then when Brother Sister Hope comes back, she says, how do you know, how do you know I was there? I was like, well, I saw you there. Well, that wouldn't be much to, she wouldn't be amazed by that, that I physically seen her there long before I sent Brother Jason after her, but that wouldn't bring amazement to our minds, but yet. There is an amazing moment here that in this encounter that we see in verse number 48, that recalls Nathaniel in verse number 49 to confess that Jesus is the Messiah. So what is this understanding? Well, the Lord was shaking Nathaniel by saying, many believe this to be the case, that that at this time that Nath- under the fig tree is where Nathaniel would study and read the word of God. And many believe that it was in this time in which Nathaniel was praying and asking God to send the Messiah that he may see the Messiah. And that when the Lord says this to him, when you was under the fig tree, I saw you before Philip even came and got you. Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, Thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And this is a confirmation that he now believes everything that Philip had already told him, that they had found the one in which Moses and the prophets of old had spoken of, and then that caveat there, the son of Joseph, meaning the rightful one to, that has the lineage to sit upon the throne. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, thou believest, thou shalt see greater things than these. The Lord's told. (laughs) So because I was able to tell you that you were sitting underneath the fig tree, because I was able to tell you exactly what you was doing, because I was able to Tell you all of those things when you were first arrived to me, that was enough to make you confess that I am the Christ. That's enough to make you confess that I am the King. He responds to Nathaniel, "If that impressed you, you are going to see greater things than this. My, if my omniscience was enough for you to make this confession." Just wait and see, because there are greater things to come. In verse 51, and he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, remember, Nathanael was a student of the Old Testament. He was a student of the Word of God. This statement that Jesus makes here is a statement that takes Nathaniel all the way back to Genesis chapter 28. You can turn there if you'd like, Genesis chapter 28. Jesus is making a statement here that is going to provide a fuller understanding of something that happened many years before in Genesis chapter 28, starting in verse 12. And he dreamed, he being Jacob, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascended and descended on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac in the land where thou liest, to thee I will give it and thy seed. I'm going to skip down to here to verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And Jacob, in verse eighteen, arose early in the morning and took a stone that he had put first for his pillow, and set it up for a pillar, and poured oil upon it. And he called the name of the place Bethel because the name of that city was called Luz at first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, "If God will be with me, I will keep it. I will keep me, and keep will keep me in His way that I go, and will give me bread to eat." and raiment to put upon, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that which thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Now, I want to bring the understanding, now Jacob has this dream. He dreams. And in this place in which Jacob dreams, he sees that there is a ladder ascending and descending upon this place. And in the place in which he sees this ladder ascend and descend, he says, Surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is right here. Surely that right where this is happening, wherever this happens, the Lord is there. What the Lord is telling Nathaniel, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you that hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What the Lord has done is taken the Old Testament and brought it to the New Testament and let Nathaniel see that, a, hey, Nathaniel, what Jacob said and said, surely the Lord is here. You will yet testify in that in me and you will soon see that I am the ladder which connects all who are lost to heaven. I am this ladder that's been spoken of. I, the angels ascending and descending and say, surely the Lord has dwelt here. You will see that and it will bring undeniable truths and realities to your life. That I am truly the son of man. That I am truly Jesus Christ. This is a earth shattering moment in the life of Nathanael. Yet it breaks through, by the way, I don't know I think that in the book of John is the only time Nathaniel is called Nathaniel. When you get into the other gospels, he's called Bartholomew. Why? I don't know. It's the same person. But understand that when you read the other gospels, that's not that of Bartholomew is that of Nathaniel. But what an earth shattering moment when Philip challenged him to come and see the Christ. Come and investigate the Christ scripturally. Come and investigate the Christ historically. And when the Lord unveiled himself to him, his confession was true, that surely this is the Christ. Surely this is the Son of God. Surely this is the long-awaited Messiah. And from that moment forward, Nathaniel and Philip followed the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give thanks for the opportunity to be in your Word each week, learning more and studying more through this Gospel of John and the early parts of your earthly ministry, Lord. I pray that you'll help us to be students of your Word. May we come here every week studious with the heart to learn from your Word. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.